Carrying huge space. Look how fast he's going. Polar opposite to the conditions he won in Lords. Rain so close. They're getting the last step down. The crowd is roaring. He is going to do it. He's going to smash the time. Downhill racer and our expert here today, Andrew Needling. During my racing years and even now, I take my health and nutrition pretty seriously, I must say. It was so difficult though to stick to a routine and to remember to take all those necessary supplements. Then I found AG1. I'm so excited to partner with them personally and for this podcast. I actually started taking AG1 long before this partnership even came about. Now you might ask, what is this stuff? Think of AG1 as your all-in-one health insurance. I know I do. I have never been one for taking a million different supplements or vitamins. So this is the perfect all-in-one solution. Honestly, I actually look forward to taking it. I do it first thing in the morning. I feel more alert and focused and I know I'm taking care of my body and health. I feel energized to get my day going. Covering my nutritional basis for the day literally couldn't be easier and that's why I trust AG1. I just mix one small scoop with water and drink it first thing each morning as I said and then I'm done. So check this out. With that one scoop of AG1 I've been talking about, you're absorbing, listen to this, 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced ingredients, probiotics and adaptogens to help start your day right. This is a special blend of ingredients that supports your gut health, nervous system, immune system, recovery and helps enhance your focus. It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs and none of that nasty chemical artificial anything, all while still tasting good. Now let's all be honest with each other. We all know we don't eat enough vegetables or consume the healthiest meals some of the time, especially when we get busy. We all want something quick and easy which will help us in life. AG1 supports better sleep quality recovery, mental clarity and alertness. Now I don't care what you do in life. I think we can all agree this is super important. AG1 is trusted by so many professional athletes and health experts. If a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then try AG1 and get a free one year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com forward slash moving the needle. That's again, drinkag1.com forward slash moving the needle to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. The link will be in the show notes as well. All right, how's it? Welcome back. We are in Leger. This will be your Crank Brothers race review. It'll be with me. Uh, we've got a host of riders in those shoes that they've uh, added to their product offering, but they went one, two in this race. They won the world champs for 13 years in a row with that mallet DH pedal. So it's pretty easy to see that they're synonymous with downhill racing. They're supporting it from the grassroots level up into this podcast. But uh, enough rambling from me. I've uh, slowed down Mr. Wynn Masters, one of the busiest men on the circuit, if not the busiest. And uh, he's here for another review. We're back. So, uh, yeah, it's good to be back, Needles. Uh, thanks for having me back. We were pretty much here this time last year. Uh, yeah, that's what I was thinking because I thought maybe i'll see where your brother is but he he was on it in leo gang mm. and then i remembered uh you popped down to my hotel i think i was in morsing at that stage and we had a great catch-up about this track uh but it was world champ so it's probably fitting that you're here because you can compare those two you were in the field this week so what a better guy to have yeah it's good to be back and um it was definitely another cracker of a leger race so uh looking forward to unpack that one yeah, I mean, uh, I'm super spoiled still getting to come to some of these races, but sometimes happy that I'm not living out of a bag for six months. 
but the minute you get to race day and that energy starts building and and I went up for the semi um, and I rode down uh, the side, not the side of the track, but, you know, down the mountain because there's some cool trails you can sneak onto. And I was very wary of the spectators because it was insane to see the level of spectators, the commitment, the passion, the noise. And then that was obviously early in the morning. And then I watched semis sort of live as a spectator and then did my usual thing, watched the full runs at the bottom and... Uh, I thought, how are they going to recreate what they did last year? But, I mean, I don't know if there was more or less fans, but the atmosphere certainly seemed the same or better than, than Loic winning at home. you got Benoit and Marine goes 1-2 French. Yeah, it, it uh, definitely provided once again. And, and as Sven said to me yesterday, Leger is pretty much the capital of downhill. And I don't think there's anywhere that does it better on a live downhill race and they they even ran the podiums yesterday near the finish area which was better than the world champs they had them away from the finish so that podium atmosphere was pretty good i think you've never really seen a podium like that that was a great uh i'm glad you brought that up i might have forgot to mention that yeah i don't often hang around for the podium you probably off doing interviews or getting prepared i've got some things to do but i just sat there taking the atmosphere <laughs> And then you could barely hear the announcement of the podium because the crowd just, the, the decibels didn't drop at yeah. all. Yeah, the whole time, especially uh, when Benoit walked out, then they went mad. And, and also when Loic came out in fifth place as well and Loris third. So pretty special podium for the elite men. And then Marine winning as well. It's um, unreal. The Frenchies do well in France. They certainly do, and, and uh, it's impressive because, I mean, you've raced a bit at home. I've done the same. I, it certainly adds to the pressure. You just you want it more. There's more distractions. There's more people. Like, you know, just to be able to withstand that pressure, the French just are so good at rising to the occasion. They sort of have been, you know, through World Champs throughout the years, Nico, Fabian, Loic in this new crop. Um, I guess they also have a lot of depth of talent, so if one guy doesn't do it, the other guy's going to do it. Yeah, they've definitely got uh, strength in numbers in the elite men's field and also in the women's field. Uh, we're missing a couple, but they've they've got plenty of good good riders and um, they can always deliver on the day. Someone delivers for them. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, I just think most of the podcast can be about, you know, Coulange, Mr. BC, yeah. Marine. We're going to talk about that. It's really amazing to see her back on the top step. But you... I mean, you couldn't write a better script from yes, that would have been painful last week. Mm -hmm. But you could you could picture a world where this one didn't go quite to plan, even yeah. after qualifying and then having to do it in the semis and then you got to do it in the final. So say he gets beat fair and square, right? Makes a mistake or just like lifts his game or Loris. And then maybe we go to America, he doesn't get a win. And then we're yeah. into next season and this drags on like this mental sort of pressure of not delivering in a final after being the fastest man on track at multiple World Cups. Now, I remember Leo Gang last year, I think it was, yeah, where we thought we were going to see the breakout. So the sheer determination and resilience of that man is commendable. Yeah, he's just been kind of cracking away at it and he's almost like a working class downhill rider. You compare to like your Loic Brunies, your Loris Vergiers, they're like the superstars. And then you've got Benoit who's just cracking away on behind the scenes and not, not many people really notice too much. 
but he's always in the mix and and he's just been slowly building for a, a number of years from from that guy that was not even qualifying. Yes, yeah. he mentioned that, you know, this is 10 years in the making. Yeah. Uh, from a guy that was, you know, qualifying or batting to qualify in the, when it was still top 80. Yeah. With this team. Um, yeah. And if you think about that, how do you even create this sort of self-belief to win races? You know, often, like you said, these guys were just always going to be stars. Loris, mm -hmm. Loic, Jackson, Jordan, they're almost just always going to be stars. Yeah. So you have that belief. Your goal is quickly top 10 podium and then you're thinking about a win. For Benoit, I mean, many, many years, he would not have been thinking about a win. Yeah, he would have been first thinking, I hope I can qualify. And then that's gone progressively, uh, maybe by five positions better every year, and to get to where he's battling for the win. We should um, we should get the guy that does the stats on Pink Bike to do the level of percentage he's been getting better through his ten year career. We yeah. should get someone to do that for us. Also, on the roots and rain would have his graph, so we'd be able to see. Yeah. His, um, his progression as he's gone through, and I think like. To, to get to those fastest times of the day probably took a little bit to get to. And um, it's been pretty cool to see him rise from that to where he is now. Like, n not many people have done that before, so. No, and he's, uh, I want to say, I think it's on my phone, Mon Whiteley said the third. Third oldest. First maiden first winner, winner of yeah, a World yeah. Cup. Yeah, that was a good stat. It's a really cool stat. So thanks to, to Whiteley. I, I saw that on his story. And that puts it into context. Yeah, and uh, some uh, famous golfer said, um, "A winner is just a loser that never gave up." And I don't mean losers yeah, yeah, like yeah. you know, it's just someone that even if you were getting seconds, thirds, fifths, tenths, but we're talking about a guy that started getting eightieth, sixtieth, fiftieth, yeah, all these things. So I think that really rings true. Um, and how special to do it in Leger, like you said. I think that it's the home of downhill. Yeah, home of of live downhill. Yeah, he's delivered in the his first win in the best possible way and in the best possible place you could ever do that. Like there's not a better crowd than that and not a better place. The track probably plays to his favour because he's been like <laughs> look at the end of the graph. He's been he's been uh living in Morzine all, all the summers. For quite a while now, I yeah, think. How many years you reckon that is? What? Yeah, I think he'll be four years into that probably. Like he lives near Leon, and um, there's not as much proper downhill to be able to ride like easily on lifts. So he got like a 25 square meter apartment in Morzine, and he's just been living there. I don't know if he's still in that, but um, that was what he, he kind of just went to work at, getting better at his craft, and uh, it's all paid off now. That's what people say when they come to Morzine, they see him. Yeah. And these are guys that are not here all the time. So yeah. if they see them every time, he's always doing runs. He's just, if you think about that, it's draining to just do downer runs. And he's just totally gone to work at his craft, like other sports that they're just doing reps and they're doing the golfers at the range. And it's yeah. the track and field guys just doing repetitions, doing repetitions, um, where other guys had the raw speed, they had the natural talent. So for them, they developed the fitness, they've developed the mindset, um, testing. But for Benoit, almost had to play then catch up. And he's just done it the hard way. Working class hero. Yeah, he's definitely the working class hero. Like, I think there wasn't many people who were disappointed to see him win. 
because it's just been such a long time coming and he's just plugged away at it step by step and now he's finally delivered he's he's made it his dreams come true really like um i couldn't imagine a better day to do your first win i i won my first like ews race at home so that was like super special and i was like well nothing can top that yeah so speaking of that is it tough to get re-motivated once you've done something that you kind of feel you're never going to recreate yeah, for me, I was like, well, I took that box. So after that, I don't need to do more. But then some of these guys like Loic or Loris, they're always pushing for more. And, and Greg, for sure, like he's still pushing at 41 years old. It's insane. But I was like, oh, I've ticked that off. That was like a, a life goal. And I was happy with that. Maybe something you thought you might not achieve? Yeah, at, like a few years before, I definitely would never think that I would be in that position. So you always dream of being a professional rider, but then you didn't think you were going to win a race. And then you win a race, you're like, oh, I've ticked that off. I, I didn't have like that urge just to keep going at that, you know? Yeah, I was I was joking that he should probably retire now. Like you're not <laughs> going to top that. I mean, yeah. the gendarme at the finish line... <laughs> Um, they were very confident in thinking they were going to stop the spectators. Yeah, Benoit wanted wanted in. He didn't want protection. He wanted the crowd. He, yeah, he went I mean, for the hug. Yeah, he went <laughs> for the hug. He's like, bring it in. And then they were obviously trying to pull him off, and I understand yeah. why. Um, and then later on, he's crowd surfing. Like, yeah. Unreal. But it'll be I, – I think he's someone that would want more. I don't yeah. think he's going to, you know – get complacent with his racing no, no. you know now he's yeah. like okay i've done it yeah. did it the hardest way yeah one quality one semis in the morning on a brutally rough track <laughs> it's hot and i gotta deliver again you know you have to go quicker because those guys are coming for you loik's had a crash in semis so you've got a question mark how fast he gonna go and then he goes and does it again i mean that's unreal he's won five of the last six timed runs in downhill bed yeah. wise insane yeah it's insane yeah but um, yeah, when he won the semis, I was like, I was kind of hoping he'd be like second or third. I was hundred percent. Yeah. I was like, yeah. please sandbag, sand. Watching yeah. a live time, he's like, oh, he's green. Yeah. Oh, please go slower. Please, yeah, make yeah. Me. I want you to qualify like seventh and yeah, like, and be, be motivated. Be motivated. Yeah. You don't have. You just know you have to go faster. You don't know. Like qualifying fastest or fast in general. Sometimes you just don't know how much more to push. Yeah. But the guys that are in eighth, seventh. They're hungry for it, so they're gonna push as humanly po like hard as possible. Yeah, yeah, and and then you've got the target on your back when you fastest qualify. It's all the pressure, last man on the hill, everything's on the line, and some people can't manage that situation very well. Very, very yeah. difficult. It isn't for everyone. No. Um, and and even if it is, it doesn't always go to plan. Yeah. Valley Hall. That is a racing incident. Was there a little bit more pressure? She's thinking, how hard's Marine going to go? Yeah, how yeah. hard should I go? So she's made a racing area and huge crash. But yeah, you're right. Someone like Greg, tough weekend, but kept getting quicker. Knew he had to push. Knew he had to push out of his comfort zone. And then he walks away with, say, seventh, right? Yeah. So for him, that's a win from not having good quality, not having good semi. But I mean, I was kind of in line with where Greg was watching from. And he was so... Was there anyone not ecstatic for Benoit? Maybe yeah, yeah, Andy yeah. Kolb could be the only one a bit disappointed. But even saying that, I think he's like, well, I got mine at Austria. Yeah. You've got to be happy for him. Yeah, Andy said he's stoked for him. He got he got his win in um, Leo Gang. 
and in front of his home crowd and he said there's nothing better than like for the atmosphere of the race when the hometown rider wins or like the home country rider so um yeah i think everyone's stoked for him loik probably was a little bit sour with a fifth place but um he he's been racing okay. benoit for so long so he seemed okay on the yeah. podium right like yeah. in taking in even though he's fifth yeah he was hyped he was hyped for the french yeah. fans yeah and but, I think I think yeah, it was I a, see what you mean. a tough weekend for Loic. So to end up on the podium on a what he felt probably wasn't a good weekend, he was hyped. What did you make of that? I am um, I'm not at every race. Don't know exactly what's going on, but it seemed like they were struggling with maybe bike setup. He was definitely trying a lot of different lines, maybe stopping more than I'm used to seeing him. Um, I think it's very tough to back up what he did last week. I think there's going to be a, a hanger or hangover of that. I'm not talking about the private plane they took and maybe <laughs> having a few cocktails on yeah, there, yeah. as they should. I just think the energy it takes to win and, yeah. and to come down from that and then re-motivate yourself on like a tough track. Yeah. Super tough. So, um, yeah, that, that's so unreal. But, yeah, speak a little bit. We can dig apart on the track, speaking to Lucas Shaw, who who stepped up nicely in the final, but he said, man, it was a tough weekend. How many riders were like, it was a very tough weekend to get committed, and it seemed, you out there, it seemed unpredictable, more so than last year, because it was so loose. Lucas said every time he started trying to push a bit, he felt like he was going to have a crash, mm -hmm. like and, and not a not one that he knew was coming. Yeah, yeah, I think the this was definitely the hardest Leger that we've raced so far um just because it was so dry and then it, it had been like there was bits that were hard packed so it was just breaking apart and then there's just like slippery stuff on top of some hard packing sections and then super deep ruts um the track kind of fell apart because it's been so dry here so it made it the most technical leger we've had and then also you can't get a good feeling for your bike which is what loy can fin chase all the time they worked so hard to have like the perfect setup and they couldn't find that which because they don't have the same feeling as if the track was giving them normal feedback like having good grip and control yeah each run might have yeah. been a little different or it just was in inconsistent yeah you know? and that makes you doubt that you've got a good setup yeah so i think both loik and finn they really struggle because normally they're like well we are on top of things and then they were behind the eight bill, which they're never really in that position because they have such a good team around them. Everything's dialed. Finn was like, I can't get it set up this week. So do you think that's mentally a thing? Like they were doubting that they got a good setup, even though maybe no one had a good setup because no, no one's yeah. bike felt that good down there. Is that what you, is that what yeah, you're guessing? I think you could never have your bike perfect for that track because there's so many like routes, uh slippery super slippery dust but then like kind of half broken up dirt on top as well and then they just you couldn't feel good but those guys normally know how they feel before a race so they always refer to probably to that and they're like oh we feel great we our bike's perfect and they probably think their bike's better than others so that can give them confidence um to push harder um know they got the the best bike setup inverted commas mentally even yeah. though factually it might not be the case but they are believing that yeah so yeah. they couldn't get behind the belief probably yeah and then um 
speaking to John Hall, um, Gwyn's mechanic after the first week, he said that's this is going to be a very tough week for bike setup because mm-hmm. you want the bike to stay up and support during those consistent hard hits, but you need traction. Yeah. So you you often have to give up one. Yeah. From and which one do you give up? How far do you go in either which way? Yeah. And there was like the whole way down the track, there's heaps of small bumps. So you're trying to make your suspension kind of soft enough, but it still then needs to hold up in the travel. So it does, can't sit too deep into the mid stroke. And then you're like, where do you lose? You know, like normally you go to a final and you set your bike up pretty hard and you just push harder. But there you had to kind of meet in the middle somewhere. And then, yeah, it's not like a normal setup for a World Cup, probably. No, definitely. And it turned into actually, would you agree, less lines than last year? There yeah. were, I mean, yeah, there were a few options here and there. Like a lot of races, a lot of them run at similar times, depending on how you commit. But certainly the way that track was changing, the way that it was taped, created less options, I think, this year than I remember Worlds last year. Yeah, they definitely, like, when they taped it, it looked like there would be way more lines. And on the first day, maybe people were riding a lot a lot of different options. But then come to the race, they nearly all rode the same line. And then apart from, like, a couple of sections where there's a little bit of line choice, they're nearly all on exact same line. Yeah, and you could ride it a little bit differently, a little setup and a few inches here or... yeah. Yeah, I, I saw that. There wasn't noticeable different lines on the broadcast. And that sometimes happens with how the track degrades. I think for people at home, when it gets so battered and it's so deep, it's very hard to, say, get out of the rut. And then it's not worth the effort to, like, slow up and miss a rut. Yeah. You just end up running the main line. It sort of slows you down. Um, and then the first day, yes, some people would say, hop out of a rut stay yeah. high and then it's now it's like well that it's so hard to hop out yeah, yeah, yeah. and i'm using so much energy physically and mentally to change lines not for much gain yeah aside from one section the bottom before they came into the really dusty bit at the last yes. section i went up there on the final practice session for the last 30 minutes of the elite men training before the semi-final and that like the main line was smoked it was so bad like but then when you rode it you didn't really notice because the rest of the track was kind of feeling like that but then when you go and look close i, I didn't look close at all all weekend i was like there's some big holes in there is that that it's almost one of the last right handers near yeah, a tree kind of an you, awkward right hander yeah. over a rise and then you go into that slippery shoot that, yeah, where so a lot of people had problems over the weekend so visibly i was thinking that thing's wrecked it's unrideable yeah. and then you watch the people right like, it's holding i don't yeah. think it's it's actually not going to break down it'll be fine by finals yeah you could and it's swing like off axle it deep and the bike would just ride through it but loik and benoit they they rode the off camber and just touched the rut but it was like the way benoit rode it i was like wow in the final training run he was visibly faster and then um, he's he's really risking it, turning on the camber to then catch a tiniest rut. He missed like all the holes and just rode across the camber. And Loic did a similar thing. Um, Benoit just like did it really committed. And I was like, wow, he's on. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's incredible. And um, I mean, Andy Cole was probably talk of practice a little bit. So it just, just keeps delivering. It's mm. very, very impressive, especially delivering under pressure, um, what a year he's having. And I think it's super nice to see Loris back there. Yeah. I think we all, because he's so good, 
because he's so unbelievable on a bike and what he's done in the past, we expect so much of him every race. Um, and he's sort of in this weird cycle of, you know, maybe not the results he wants either. Yeah, I think he was struggling the last few races really mentally and uh, doubting his setup or his bike or himself. Something there, he was, he's really been doubting it and he wasn't confident. Like, Do you hear that in the interviews? Yeah, in his interviews, just does not come across confident at all. Um, so for him to turn it around and get on the podium and, and really close to the win, it's probably going to boost him for those last two races. And he really needed that, I think, because he was probably had doubts whether he was doing things right and i think now he'll realize that yeah he can be in the mix every time and Ovin spoke to fabian and he was like loris when he watches on track by far the best rider like technically he's the best rider but on the race day he struggles with some sort of block to do the same thing as he does in the training so i don't know yeah that might just be what he needs now is to see it again even mm -hmm. though yes you can go through a process you can believe it you can put the work in sometimes you need to see it again you need to yeah. see some tangible result yeah. whether it's crazy speed in quali or semi but maybe for him he needed to back it up in finals maybe he's been pushing making mistakes or not willing to push enough and then his times haven't been good so that might be something really good for him going into the last few races but something that's going to be really interesting for us is the jackson loik battle because <laughs> jackson i mean if he doesn't get hurt he could be on the podium and winning for five to seven years to come yeah he's that sure. young yeah and he's that good of a bike rider i mean when you see him in practice you think i mean loris yeah. is great yeah um jackson's got the full package technically and i think jackson's not even hit his full strength yet so he can only improve physically and mentally, you yeah. would think. Yeah, mentally as well. And then just go on and you would hope he would just go on and dominate for how you watch him ride. Like, there's no reason why he shouldn't. There's no scar tissue though yet. You, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know what I mean. It's as a crash here or there. Yeah. Crashes, bad results, messing yeah. up a final. There's a thing called scar tissue that sits yeah. with you. Uh, maybe not with the greats, but maybe with us. I don't know, or me at least, yeah. you know. Um, so he hasn't got a lot of that um maybe loris is dealing with some of that scar tissue that he's got to get the self-belief again but yeah who knows what the future could bring but certainly the potential and time is on jackson's side yeah yeah definitely and and he was actually sick all all week as well so the whole syndicate team was down with some sort of bug and uh he managed to pull through in the race day pretty good i think greg was still quite under the weather and Laurie didn't even end up racing. He did practice and semi-final and then pulled out of the final. Yeah, what was the deal there? I've got a question mark, but yeah. I, I, everyone was, um, they'd shut down the pits already Yeah. when I tried to get some more information on that. So when he um, was on his last training run, he stopped by PD and he was like, he was white as a sheet. So um, I was like, he's not looking well. And then he, I guess they said, oh, we'll give, give your semi-final a go and we'll see. And then, then he realized, well, if I'm not going to be in the mix at all, then is is it worth trying to do? And he was yeah. protected into the final. Is that correct? Yeah, I'd Out imagine so. Yeah. It says P there. On I know there's yeah. different for protected into the semi and then protected into the final. Yeah. But I think that P means obviously into the final. Um. So what, like stomach bug, no energy, just... Yeah, he looked pretty unwell. But um. yeah, I'm surprised he wouldn't just ride down in the final to get clicked 30th place or he probably didn't even think that was possible. So... He must have been really crook. I think they had some sort of virus or something. So, um, 
the whole team was under the weather. Yeah, I mean, then that's great to salvage a fourth and a seventh. And unfortunately for Laurie, just he got the worst of it. Yeah, yeah he's having some bum luck as well. That that really is is how it goes there. Um, yeah, maybe we should just jump over to the women as well because that was also an incredible race considering we've got a French winner there, her sixth World Cup win. Um, that's quite a decent chunk, you know, of, of wins already. You know, yeah. Marine, because of these injuries the last few years, you're like, okay, but she can be on the podium. So if you forget how dominant she was and what the 2020 season looked like and yeah. six World Cups wins now. So yeah. she's one of those top few ladies she's just been taken out by injury and she's been really patient about returning to the to the top step and what a spot to pick um and that run was um yeah people can be about valley crashed we don't know what she but the time that marine put down i think could have easily won it even valley had one of her best runs yes well i think valley went uh one second slower in her semi-final so um yeah, so Valley yep. was three forty eight in a semi. Yeah, and then and then um, Marine went three forty seven. Yeah, so, so she put the pressure on her. That's yeah. huge pressure. Yeah, yeah, Valley hadn't heard the time or anything, but yeah, for Valley to go a second or two fast in final is something the guys were able to do. Yeah, but anything can and will happen, and it shows you a little bit of pressure and having to do it three times in a week. Yeah. Or twice in one day on a rough track. Yeah, mentally, physically, everything. It's way too hard, I think, for some of the athletes to to be able to do that consistently every race. Like that's it gets to a point where you're gonna have a crash at some point. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It gets to the point that there's a speed for you on the track and then mistakes are gonna happen or crashes gonna happen. And that happens throughout a weekend. You're trying to make sure your final run is that last run before you go a little bit over the edge, before you physically a bit tired or you mentally just not willing to push that yep. hard and, and a few people said like it was a tough track to push on because you sort of knew a crash could come but someone like Benoit clearly Marine now she rode like her semi didn't look crazily aggressive yeah. and then it made me think shucks if she gets aggressive in the right few spots she, she could have this yeah and I feel like um Valley's semi did look aggressive like she was quite there's a couple so. of spots where she was quite loose. Mm. So I was like, oh, can can she give more than that? Like that was pretty aggressive run, you know, like and then she said warming up, she already had like thoughts in her mind, maybe she's going to have a crash this run. She did. Yeah, and she was like, well, I just had this feeling that it was coming. Oh, <laughs> and I'm like some if like you're you, always having to push yourself, yeah. eventually it is coming. Yeah. So maybe like, I don't know, you can have whatever sports psychologist or whatever, but sometimes you're like, well, I haven't crashed for six races or whatever. So surely at some point I'm going to have a crash. And then sometimes you're warming up at the top. You know you're going to have a crash. It's kind of a weird feeling. And it becomes a self-fulfilling yeah, prophecy just, to say. <laughs> thing, you know, so then she crashes in the second corner, but she went out of the start like so aggressive. Like how could she push more than she did in the semi? And then I feel like that that was probably a result of having semifinals. That otherwise, if it was just a final, she probably would have been able to win the race. Yeah, I mean, yes, but there's yeah, a there's a few yeah. of those riders. That yeah. It's gonna be that whole thing is oh, I kind of showed too much of my cards in semi. Yeah. And like we were saying, Benoit, please don't show the cards. Yeah. We want to take the pressure off yeah, him, but yeah. he does. He doesn't think like we think. That's why he's winning. You know, one of the most 
sort of iconic downhill races that we'll, we'll ever witness. Yeah, he um, said to me, uh, Benoit said, he wanted to be the man at the top of the hill that decides the race. Amazing. So he loves that. But That's what Luke I, likes I would, as I would well. ne- Yeah, Luke loves it as well, but I wouldn't have expected him to be like that confident already. He hasn't been that guy for that long, and Luke has been like for a long time. So to be that guy and know that you don't have to wait for anyone else to come down is probably cool, but I would never want to be that guy myself. It's an incredible yeah. mindset to get comfortable with. Yeah. To, you can say it, but yeah. to actually really believe it and be comfortable with that, and, and it is the way to do it. I mean... If your goals are to win races, then you must know that you're going to be at the top of the track last yep. at some of these races. Because how do you win the race unless you're showing speed? Yeah, you can't sandbag and get eighth the whole time. How are you going to know where your track speed is? Yeah, and you would argue that the fastest riders riding the track probably makes the track faster because they all hit the similar line and they hit it well normally. Apart from like Dakota, he crashed. Apart from people, something like that where maybe that blows out a rut the track should get faster because they're just all riding a clean line and it'll clean all the crap off it. Oh, you mean by coming last, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think when you ride last, if you're after all, like, yeah, the track deteriorates as well, but all the fast riders have ridden it, so the the fast line is clean. Yeah, you hope you're, yeah, yeah, then exactly. Luckily, there aren't that many line options. But you know what else happens with three-minute gaps? Is you know, like, some of the moisture stays in the dirt? Yeah. The three-minute gaps, it doesn't. It doesn't, yeah. Because people are dragging the top, dust and stuff off yeah. and there's a bit of moisture and traction then three minute gaps yeah, it's is quite dry. different to when you're riding practice yeah because someone's always pulling the dust off and they're bringing a bit of moisture which is good for traction and then yeah. you see three minute gaps is when you it's a long time yeah especially if you're at the top of the hill yeah you're like, at the top of the hill and there's a bunch of these three minute gaps in the last 10 minutes yeah 10 of them yeah, so there's 30 minutes for the last 10 riders. Yeah. It's quite a long time for the track to dry out. But but the track was so dry here anyway, I think they were probably good for that. If it, if it got wet, this would have been a horrible race, I think. Oh, how insanely <laughs> yeah. bad. It would, you think it was unpredictable in the dry. I yeah. mean, there were a lot of those sections, so many routes just running everywhere. I wonder, it would have been, a, yeah, that would have been a whole different ball game. But, um, Man, so yeah, un- unbelievable for Marine. They've been working tirelessly um, on bike setup. She works so closely with mechanic and and Pat, mm-hmm. the the team owner. It's really cool to see. He's there with his laptop and they're yeah. going through data. It's it's super cool. They're using their data acquisition on yeah. and all the practice runs. So that's really cool to see that pay off. But we can't gloss over Monica's result, and, and she was um, really technically sound on that run. Yeah, Monica is like one of the more technical women riders like whenever the you got a super steep and technical track she just excels she just looked like she was so good at even yeah. at the bottom where you think she'd be tired come finals off the semi she just put the bike and the tie exactly where she wanted yeah. it to go did you know I, I just yeah i that. saw yeah. it like she's she's just one of the most technical talented woman riders and she it really paid off for her that's her best career result and her last Best career result was um, third in 2018, I think. Yeah, she had a bunch of podiums back then when I was researching for Worlds, and then yeah. there's been a little bit of a lull, like yeah. A, yeah, a drought, as but, they say. But then imagine you're in the team with Cammy and she starts winning everything. Then you're the second rider. Mentally, that can be hard sometimes as well. Like Everyone in a team, you want the first person you want to beat is your teammate. So then someone comes in and just dominates you the whole time, then it's going to be like, 
hard to be super confident. It like. can knock your confidence, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. You start and to doubt, like, am I as good as them? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then uh, now she's the lead rider. Yeah. So maybe a little bit more focus or she's got this energy. Okay, I'm the lead rider. Team's going to be happy. Yeah, or, or the pressure's on. Mood. So yeah. maybe she needed that pressure. Yeah, yeah. Exa- we'd have to ask her what she's feeling about it. Yeah. 100%. 100%. And Millie Johnson as well. That's yeah. that's a long time coming. I don't know a lot about Gloria. Do you? Did you yeah. interview after the race? I didn't get the interview and I was kind of kicking myself because I forgot uh, Millie and Gloria because it would have been good to get both of them because they're both on Canyon. Um, Gloria rides the Canyon Pirelli bike, but she's been an EWS rider and she's only just transitioned to downhill. So, um, yeah, she hasn't done that many races, but she goes pretty well. Seventh at, at World Champs in Fort William. Yeah, of course. But, um, um yeah, but she just moved over to downhill. Yeah. And she, well, she's moved over or she's just dabbling because she's done the beginning of the series in Enduro. Yeah. Um, damn well as well. Yeah podium so yeah that's where i saw the name from valda fassa and stuff like that and now she's dabbling or is she going to convert well we I, don't know because we don't get to chat to her. yeah i imagine um once you start doing some great downhill results like that you realize probably that's the the place you need to be if you want to have a good run in the sport like the enduros kind of died down a little bit in the recent years so when you come here and race in front of a crowd like here in leger and you stand on that podium Nothing's going to beat that, so I imagine she wants to do more downhill, I'd say. Well, yeah, you would. With that podium and, and a good world result, that's going to be super interesting. I'm just going to look up a little bit because, I mean, this is what happens. She's she's new to downhill, so yep. you don't uh, keyboard worry us on why we don't have that many stats. And she's young, too, because there's not mm-hmm. a lot of results on Roots and Rain. I think she lives in Finale, so... um. She definitely rides a lot if you live in Finale because uh, it's probably one of the easiest places to ride a, ride your bike and um, a lot of great trails. Not not so much downhill though, but um, you get used to riding on loose, dusty sh- stuff. So uh, that's probably how she excelled this weekend. Yeah, if you can ride that type of terrain, Finale, yeah. where it's just like marbles on top of marbles, yeah, um, you'll be very, very good in that type of like terrain that's a bit unpredictable and you've got to be light on the bike and not fight a mistake, you know? Yeah. If you fight a mistake and get tense, you'll you'll sort of tuck the front and, and all sorts of other things. Yeah, that's super interesting to see. So good for, yes, there are some ladies that are not here that could yeah. be on the podium, but yeah. that's racing. Well, if they're not here, they're not they're here. Not here. It's, yeah, yeah. it's about getting down the hill on two wheels. It's about getting through a season and and skay so yeah that's really really cool to see and millie also has been building for quite a while the last couple of races from on in the practice session she's really been aggressive and not like the start of the season so i think she's just found her confidence and finally it's paid off so she's on the podium so yeah and she's had yeah. some decent quality and stimmy yeah. not quite backed it up so that's yeah that's pretty cool so it's been coming for a while yeah definitely who's the biggest loser from the race like who's lost out the most unfortunately i would say finn probably right if we um for the overall yeah if we go down to the the uh, results there we go so valley basically from is she mathematically wrapped it up it looks damn well close pretty close to it so she's nearly got that that overall 
but the men is man there's it's pretty open so it's 57 points or whatever it is in the men yeah Loris, he's jumped up to third. So yeah, Finn, Finn's dropped a lot of points. He's yeah. sort of two. Yeah, from second to fourth. So yeah. that's a pretty rough weekend. Well, compounded last weekend. Yeah, yeah, and it just yeah. Now hopefully he can turn it around and get back to another win in Montsenam. But um, that'd be good for him. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, that's tough, tough pill to swallow. Is not getting any points. But I mean, even if he. Pushed back up and got 30 points. Uh, the damage was really done with Loic winning. Yeah. Um, Jackson on the podium last week. And then now Jackson on the podium ahead of Finn. I mean, ahead of Loic. Mm. Loic didn't have a good semi with a little bobble yeah. crash. So as Loic said, this is going to come down to the wire. Yeah. Um, he knew he's in for a dogfight here. Um, and Jackson almost, you hear him saying he's got lots of years. This hospital visit and missing worlds is yeah, okay. Yeah. I've, and then he racing, has got lots more yeah. years, so maybe there's less pressure for Jackson. Yeah, well, he's probably not treating it like it's a true title chase, like some of the other guys are, because it's the first time in this position for him, and it's even his first season, so it's not not really the same, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. this exactly this season's like an insanely positive win for yeah. him, pun intended, by having a win. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. then then now you've got this. I mean. That's unreal. And part of me, you know, Loic, I think, fought through a weekend that he clearly, it looked like he visually maybe struggled more than other weekends. Yeah. But he kind of got his game face on because he's in a title hunt. To me, he rode like there's a championship at stake here. Yeah, he said this was a championship weekend. I wasn't feeling good and I still managed to do this fifth. So that's a championship result. Brilliant. Yeah, that's what it seemed like for me. And yeah. I wasn't in his pits and I didn't ask any questions yeah. throughout the week. I did ask something in the press conference, but I'll tell you that off air. Yeah. <laughs> so I did have one question to Loic, but yeah, um, yeah, it totally looked like that. I was like, he's riding within himself, you know, just yeah. fit, you know, doesn't have to win this week. He won last week, uh, and there you have a big championship ride. Troy Brosnan, I thought, had potential there, you know, with his semi and qualifying, and then last because last year he was the best of the rest, right? He was fourth, mm. first person other than the top three French. Yeah. So he gets on with with his track really well. Yeah, he does, and um, he's kind of been battling a little bit the last few races to find his his true feeling in his spot where he normally belongs in the results list. So um, mm. he's kind of back in the mix now, and he's I guess he's pretty happy to be close to that podium, not just miss it, but um, he's right in the mix now. So I think he's happy to be there. Yeah, because he, he was not showing any of the speed we're used to, which yeah. is tough for these guys. You know, we're speaking about fractions of a second or a second that changes um, on paper a decent result. Yeah. Um, but then you literally lose one or two seconds. And then because of the depth of field, I said that to someone before. I think I said it to Loic when he was coming back. I said, you know, if you look at the time, I don't think that's that depressing. No, but you're looking yeah. at the position of say twenty fifth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're a second or two off where you would have been Wanna happy be, with. Yeah, and and then you know, and that's where we at, and that's what's happening with the depth of field, you know. But he was consistent in this format. We thought would really work for him, but the guys are laying down, man. Yeah, like Dakota. Yeah. What was the? Did you speak to him? He was just going for a win, or was it just a yeah, racing I think incident? Well, I think, yeah, he actually put a Instagram post where he showed his last practice run and he was riding inside all the ruts in that the bit before the road gap. And then in the race run, 
he slipped and ended up sideways in the rut and then ate, ate shit. So um, I think he was risking it to stay inside the ruts, but um, he's riding to win now because he knows he was close last week. So he's like, oh, I can win. Yeah. De- no, no, definitely. You could see the aggression. And, and that's the question, Mark, is we want people to be creative. Riders want to be creative. They It's these fine lines of like, okay, I can ride this better if I'm on the inside or I feel I'm gaining time or I'm more comfortable. But I mean, you give up. There's so much risk there. Yeah. Because if it goes wrong in the rut, you probably just slide and you still make the jump in theory. Yeah. Because you're going inside if something really goes wrong. Yeah, it's a tough one. It really is a tough one. And sometimes it's like not worth the squeeze of the lemon to like be too creative. I saw that with Dylan Levesque in Valnaut. It looked incredible. Yeah. He was like higher than other people and smoothing things out and yeah, yeah. and great, but people were just smashing them. They went line. faster through the main line. They're like, yeah. I don't even have to think. Yeah. And I just, the main line will slow me down eventually, hopefully. I don't even have to use my brakes. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you can definitely get caught up on chasing a good line rather than just sending it on the main line. So, um, yeah, sometimes you just have to swing off it and take the hits. And that's what the the downhill rider of today is pretty good at. Like Jackson almost floats over everything. And then if any of the big guys, they've got a lot of muscle now, so they just take the hits. Certainly has changed yeah. a little bit of the strategy on certain tracks, right? Yeah. Maybe Ludenville, there was more like set up and, yeah. and, and I'm not saying it's not skill. It's They're both different yeah. different versions of skill on a bike. But um, yeah, like some of these tracks, like brute force, aggression, Yeah, just like fitness. not touch the brakes. Yeah. And Andorra especially, like you just had to not touch the brakes, swing off it and then hope that you can turn. No, thanks. <laughs> But then, you know, these skillful riders can get down this track. Like Levesque had a great quali yep. and semi. said he pushed. He, he, he was very satisfied, maybe not with 11th after qualifying so well and semis. But there's another guy that maybe fell victim to the format. Yeah. Um, so that's really cool. He's sort of now, accept, you know, he's believing where his new spot in the field is. Yeah. By coming out swinging in the quali yeah, and yeah. the semi. And then, yeah, 11th in the finals, nothing to be uh, bummed about. No. Um, and then Thomas is stacked. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. We haven't seen up him in the, the, the top end of the field like that for a while. Yeah, well, he's got number 48, so he must be fair way back in the overall as well. So he's he's kind of a wild card though, Thomas, so he can always deliver something like that. But it's just if he does. So some tracks play to his strength and um, he does some special stuff on, on track for sure. Like he was one of those guys that was sending that sketchy berm gap on the track with like tiny little berm and then the step down gap out of it. Yeah, he did it first. Yeah, and he probably did it the whole weekend. Did he do it in the final? I, I'm not sure. I think I missed it. I yeah. don't think he did in the final, but one of the juniors the day yeah. before the track was a little beat up. Did it. Did it like butter. Yeah. I don't think you gain much by it, to no, be no. very honest, because to go do that jump, you had to go outside coming in, yeah. be a bit more patient. And then um, let it go, yeah. And then let it go. Um, it was cool to see Finn, yeah. Finn gave it a go. Yeah. Um, it's, I mean, what is it with gaps? <laughs> like people just, I guess there's a, a, a level of respect for the amount of talent that's out there. And then only a few select are willing or able to do a gap. Yeah. It maybe is a confidence builder for some writers as well. Like if everyone's talking about the crazy gap you're doing, you think you're like 
you're really ripping then you're like yeah i'm actually doing this and other people are not so you're like i've got something on them yeah there's a certain level of ego involved and it can help with confidence and and us as fans we respect that you respect Mm -hmm. someone that's able to do something unique or better i mean it is sport so it's a competition nonetheless practice sometimes becomes a little bit of a pissing contest i guess but yeah it's cool that he's able to back it up i mean that's a really really great result there yeah i guess he needs that too so maybe the next two races will be good for him now he's got some confidence so it's always yeah if you get that good result can you go and surf the wave after that yeah the challenge is like snowshoes like a flatter track yeah it's like a different skill set generating speed and stuff like that versus here it's it's a little less of generating speed and it's just letting the brakes go and but snowshoe might be wet, so um, could be interesting. Uh, it could be <laughs> wet, very wet, and then yeah. mountain and could be cold. Yeah, could be snowing. Yeah, could be so. Could be decent. We could have a whole mix of uh, conditions for those last two races. You going to you going to Perth? Huh? Yeah. Oh, awesome. Yeah, I'd actually really like going to snowshoe. Like maybe the track's not my favorite, but the crowd just turns out, and um, it's it's like uh, we don't race in America enough, so um they all come out for it and they know all the riders even if they're not like full fans like the whole people are like yeah it's my local race i drove 10 hours and i'm like it's so cool how how keen the fans are on it there and um just west virginia puts on a good time yeah east coast side of america yeah i remember the fan base is cool yeah it would be nice to race more yeah yeah if it was i mean even Wyndham was good crowds Yeah, they're passionate as well. You got yeah. the French here, the French flags. You're gonna yeah. have the Americans with the yeah, American yeah. flags in America. So and I'm like, know oh, you're in America. Dak or Luca need to get on that podium. If if Dak win, wins in snowshoe, it'd be pretty epic. Hey, this will be cool for Dak. The momentum he's carrying into yeah. snowshoe. Yeah, that could be pretty damn interesting. Yeah, to to know that now he's one guy that's battling for the win, and then he's racing in the US. He said snowshoe's not his favorite track which I guess a lot of riders probably think the same, but then just the event puts on that atmosphere. And if you're the local rider, if he, if he goes and wins there, then we've got like another fresh winner. And we haven't had anyone do two wins this season. Yeah. And he's not quite in the overall hunt, right? Well, I mean, yeah, yeah exactly. So for him, maybe it's like, well, I'm not going to just nurse it down the hill for a podium. No, I'm going to go for wins. Now he's got the second. So people know the speeds there. Like, Mm-hmm. If you're going into a contract year, you're either going to be very good in the overall or you've had a second. I mean, it's yeah. it's probably better to have had the second yeah. than a solid seventh in the overall. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I'm just pulling these things out of my ass yeah. right now. I'm but not a team manager that's hiring, so yeah. I'm not, not sure what I'm exactly looking at it, but people like to know that they can win. on the good day yeah. they can win yeah. or they can get high up high up on the podium for sure. Yeah. I think um, one thing we haven't touched as well was... Um, Jordan Williams didn't make the final. We didn't. There yeah. were some casualties to yeah. this new one. He was thirty first. Yeah, and thirty first, and and also probably one of the first non protected riders. So the new protection system, maybe like I would say, failed a little bit because you would want to see someone that's won a race this year in the final if you're going to protect riders. Yeah, yeah. there's storylines. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's why. We spoke about it a bit on the format or some options. Um, and if you're doing protection, yeah, it would be cool to have different levels of ways to get protected. Yeah. So say you win a race. 
yeah. in a season, you would argue then I should be protected for the rest of the races yeah, 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 in yeah. the season. I would say. As yeah. well as the ranking, as well as last year. So you build options to be protected and then you yeah. can't complain. You can't say, oh, well, people from last year are getting favored. Or yeah. this little bit of ranking you're helping with getting favored. You say, but there are other ways to get in. Yeah. If you're riding that well, um, overall is now tough because you could win and then get a flat mm -hmm. and then have a crash and then you're not protected suddenly. Yeah. Like him. Yeah. And so then it's, now, it's now he misses 22. out a lot of points. Even just like if he had gone to the final and done okay, it's a lot of points that he's missing now. Yes. So then he's going to struggle to ever get back to protected status. Yeah, so now yeah. – and then he's had one less timed run on the track. Yeah. You can argue that point as well. These guys yeah. are creeping ahead. Yeah. And that was the fear, right? That was some of our concerns or fear is yeah. if you have protection, there's always going to be someone that's a bit bummed. Yeah. You know, there's always – so you protect 10, then 11th is not happy. Yeah. You protect 20, 21st is not yeah. happy. So you can never please them all. No. You would hope maybe there's different other options to get yeah. protected. Or otherwise – Or just don't have Don't protection. have it, yeah. I think it's too much of an advantage now with the three-run format to have protection. That would be that it would be I mean, cool without your, it. Yeah, I didn't the weight off your shoulder during practice. Oh, I'm going off for quality. Well, yeah, I'm just gonna lay down a run if I don't. Whatever. Yeah. So you less mental energy than yeah. semis. Less mental energy. Yeah. No stress. Yeah, yeah it's a lot less stressful. Yeah. And you can come out swinging in those runs if you want and try and risk it because it doesn't matter if you do crash you still go to the final and then if you don't have the prediction then you've got to like deliver a clean run so much pressure yeah <laughs> if you're like one of the top guys but not protected yeah you can you're just riding your bike differently you can say whatever yeah. you want just treat it like another race yeah you got the speed <laughs> yeah, it doesn't yeah. work like that no you often ride tensor because you just know you yeah. got to get it down well, and maybe that's what happened to Jordan. Like he, he probably has been protected the other races, and now he's suddenly not protected. He didn't qualify because he tried to deliver a clean run. Maybe. Yeah. Now he's yeah. ranked thirteenth, so he won't yeah. be protected. No. What he, What is it again? Is it current top ten? Yeah, I think it's to current the final. Is that previous to year's top ten plus extras to make up ten from the current top ten? Yeah, I think it's quite confusing. It is I, a little I bit confusing yeah. because there's certain protection to the semi. Well, he was 11th in the overall previous, so it's crazy to be 11th overall. Yeah, so it must be just top 10. It's yeah. maybe top 10. And but even then, I think it was top three or five from top three from last year protected yeah. all the way to the final. Yeah. And there's certain that are protected, say, current top 20 or something, maybe are protected to the semi. Yeah. And then there's a certain level protected to the final. And even we have been following it a lot. Yeah. Um, and it can read a little bit confusing. There was some of the off-season chatter. <laughs> yeah. um, there was, sure, there was some. So this, what were your feelings last week? I don't want to go too negative on like the cancellation yeah, of the yeah, races. Yeah. But we haven't caught up. No. So, um, yeah. We've talked, Sven went at lengths about yeah. it. Or maybe where you, th like, oh, maybe we should reframe it. Some positive stuff. What, what are you seeing? Uh, well, some of the coverage is good, but um, only from the camera work side, for for my side. So that's improving. Yeah, like it's some it. of it, but there's some that I would cut out. Like you, I don't need a drone shot where the rider is a small dot on the screen. Like, does that add to the event? You can't see is that. Is that like the one at Worlds? Yeah, there was some that was super high. Yeah. Yeah, that was. I mean, 
in the nicest possible way. Yeah, you couldn't. I would hope we could rather have a few more cameras because then you yeah. can see. You couldn't tell what was going on no. with the rider, whether he was riding fast or not. Yeah. yeah. yeah the high um, up drone. Yeah. They look a little bit too anti, I guess. Yeah, no, not like not too much else that I'm super stoked about. But um, yeah, cancelling a race is sad for juniors, I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's fine to have an, a, a, a version of that that's sad. Yeah. It was. It was. Yeah. No one wants that. They probably didn't either. And yeah, maybe not get into the politics. It is. It's just shit. If you spend all your money to be there, then yeah, it's sad for them. And and they, the generally the juniors are privateers, so it's a lot of money from the parents or whatever to come from the other side of the world, go to the race and they can't even race. If they qualify, then maybe they could have done great in a wet race. So you could have had someone in first time winner. And maybe that makes his career now, like. It wouldn't make your career, but it would like suddenly everyone would know your name. And maybe you you're known as a wet rider. Yeah. You've got certain other guys that still can't shake that stigma. Yeah, yeah, like Danny Hart. Like Danny Hart. Reese Wilson. Yeah. Reese Wilson. Yeah. And then they of course they back it up. They're yeah, yeah. like world champions. Yeah. They can ride in any condition. But certainly it made us relook at a lot of the iconic wet races. So yeah, that was some a positive. Good ones. Yeah. That was a positive yeah. of it. Yeah. There's been some incredibly uh, fascinating races uh, in the rain. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that is a tough one. But maybe that brings me to, um, I don't even think I understood your privateer program as, should as, as good as I should have. Yeah. How you've got a separate little pit. Mm-hmm. Little is not the right word. You've got a pit off yeah. GT. Yeah. That you then help a certain rider if they're willing to ride on a GT with your guys' sponsors. No. Like, how does it work? So... It's up to them if they want to ride our bike, but okay. if they want to, they get the whole the bike to keep. Okay, and how do they? How do you choose them? How so, you... so we choose like we did previously the privateer award. Yes, every race. I remember that. And now they are the winner of the privateer award, so they get some money as well. And then the next race, they come in our team, and they can stay with us. The mechanic works on the bike, um, and they put out of our pit. And, and apparently, one of the the biggest things these riders are enjoying the food yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're just like we're getting free meals yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, joshy froffer the young australian he was loving the food <laughs> that's awesome yeah, yeah so um no i knew the awards and then yeah. um i and saw that there's some guys who are on the bike and not so i was trying to yeah. figure that out so yeah, yeah if you want to change bikes mid-season and then keep a factory bike you can yeah, do that yeah, yeah. that's awesome that's yeah. really cool you do that for all the rounds Yep. So you pick yeah, one from so we here, had, and then they take and could do it at Snowshoe. Yeah, we just guys. gave a French guy not, the bike. We didn't particularly pick him from this race, but he's been doing well to make some semifinals this season. Yeah. And he comes from, like, the northwest of France, so it's pretty flat. And, yeah, he's on the bike for Snowshoe, so he'll travel. He We don't pay his um, flights, but then he travels with the team to the race, everything. That's awesome. Yeah. What a cool initiative. So it's cool to try and help some people that need the help. And there's like, the condition with him was that if he goes to Snowshoe and Montsonan, we'll give him, get him on the program because then we're helping him to do those races. So we give him a new bike, then he can probably sell his old bike and he has enough money to go. Then That's unreal. And yeah. um, I went to the misspent summers pop-up, Yeah, checked all the old history. Yeah. Um, so you guys can't do that when you're listening to this, but it was a really cool initiative. It yeah. was all over the internet, um, and we donated. You got, there was free coffees, and yeah. hopefully everyone donated um, yeah, they some did. euros there. Yeah. And then where else do that, they find you if they want to donate? 
I haven't I haven't set anything up. I previously had GoFundMe. You had GoFundMe, so now you're just doing it internally through your sponsors. Or yeah, that? mainly, yeah, because uh, it gets to a bit of a tax issue. So um, <laughs> they think you're pocketing it. Yeah. So I need to set up a charity. Yeah. Uh, so you're gonna have to maybe register some sort of yeah. charity, which is also not so annoyingly simple. complicated yeah. because you're doing it in different countries. But and yeah, we'll work on that for next year. Um, but yeah, they had the pop up with Miss Miss Spent Summers and Satellite Coffee this week. So um, they actually donated um seven hundred. It ended up seven hundred and forty euros, and that was a s- separate award this week. So we did like Wild Card Rider. I just like made that one up, and that went to a one for Munoz, the Colombian guy that finished um in thirteenth. He, he was in thirteenth, and yep. he was in the hot seat for a bit. Love and life. He was yeah. And he doesn't speak um, too much English yet, but he's uh, definitely an exciting writer. Well, that's awesome. So yep. shout out there. He deserves a shout out. He's yep. only one place back from Bernard. Look at the names he's ahead of, except yep. for Ollie Davis. Yeah. Well, he's shout out to him a, as well. He's yeah. getting a cheeky little name. Yeah. So he had an epic quality and then semi. Jeez, um, man. And he's young as well. Yeah. So it's it's good to be able to help out some of these young guys. Um not too many people know one for yet, apart from the ones that watch the urban races, because he he wins those and he's pretty wild in those. Um, and now he's bringing that to the World Cup, so it's pretty cool to see him transition to being able to race in Europe. Like that takes a lot to learn the first few races, and now it's starting to pay off. So um, he's done well, and I, I think he can't even travel to Snowshoe or Montenegro because he doesn't have enough money to get approved for a visa. So they need need to prove your you how much money you have. Yeah, they um yeah. well I, I unfortunately know this too yeah. well. Yeah, they want three months bank statements. Yeah, and he doesn't have money, so he actually Shame, can't man. do it. And his team manager tried to do it for him and said that they wouldn't accept it because it's not family member. Really? So yeah, he's, because yeah. my parents had to transfer yeah. into my bank account in yeah. my name, even though you yeah. could see clear as day I didn't have money yeah. and I suddenly had. Yeah. But they would accept that. Yeah. So he yeah he's, he doesn't have enough to be able to do it so um so can't we try yeah. help is it too late can we help I, I loan think, his <coughs> yeah I think it's money ha- and ha- they have the money yeah like let's help back. the loophole yeah. yeah yeah but um yeah so they're trying they're trying to work on that now but yeah uh, otherwise it's he's got thirteenth in a World Cup it's pretty amazing and in this day yeah. and age thirteenth yeah. at World Cup is no joke no. <laughs> Yeah, you see the riders he's yeah, beat, yeah, yeah. and and yeah, to transfer that skill because street racing is his own skill. Yeah, it's not. He rides the streets all the time, so that's his training. Yeah, he likes to ride a lot of urban streets in Medellin. So, um, so a couple uh, unpadded trees are not that scary for him. Yeah, I think he's he does not have any fear. I don't know if you've seen a clip Jack Moyer posted it from Andorra where he's like gapping into the rock garden, totally committed, but kind of out of control. I was like, he's not scared to send it. No way. Yeah. Man, those street races. That's awesome that yeah. he's uh, learning to transfer that skill and and coming over. Yeah, well, I think that's awesome what you're doing. So guys can reach out to win if you've got any ideas or yeah. ways to find. Or just follow along on this private year. I know I, I am. Yeah. And I always come past the pit and check what's going on. And Yeah, so we document also every uh, privateer's story up to their point and then their story of being with the team for the week. Um, and then we're producing a video for each race, which comes out later on after the like well after the races when there's nothing happening. Yeah, that's so um, cool. So we just try and show that and then show some of these kids' stories. 
And they'll just see those links probably through your Instagram and yeah. stuff. Otherwise, yeah, I can yeah, link them in the, yeah. in the show notes. Yeah. yeah, I was lucky. You know, my dad, well, late dad, helped me get to some of these earlier races. Yeah. And my first World Cup was here. Oh. Somehow snuck into quali and, yeah. and had a decent final. And, and that gave me the belief we could do it. And I went on to Caprun to Worlds. But yeah. The reason I'm bringing it up, I had support from my family. Yeah, I yeah, had yeah. my dad and my mom that yeah. probably remortgaging mortgaging the house I didn't know about that would put the money in my account for visas. Yeah. Would help get the visas. Yeah. But some of these um, riders don't have that luxury. No, they don't. Or and, their yeah. parents are not... Wealthy. Con- yeah. Well, yeah. wealthy, but also not connected in the mountain bike world. Yeah, if they don't I know anything about it. yeah. through my dad yeah. and he would be able to lean on another friend. Yeah that um his wife was racing olympics and it's like yeah. hey we're gonna be at this race yeah got the old tights yeah, yeah whether you could afford them or not you needed you need a network which yeah. we spoke about when you were on the pod yeah it's getting to know people and 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 thanking them and then getting a lift and then yeah. you know paying yeah, and, and now you seem to be really paying it back yeah just try to because that little bit of help really goes a long way when you're trying to make it and it's pretty cool to see some of these kids or adults now go on to make it as top riders that's kind of rewarding when you see them go from not much to being one of the top riders it's pretty cool so uh, i don't know I, I like to be able to help if i can and yeah. and uh, yeah you can help with that story maybe you helping one of the next benoit coulanges yeah that would okay? be maybe that would be, be the cool fourth yeah. oldest yeah if someone's really persistent yeah that's proper inspiring eh yeah it's cool yeah if you think about the story and how just to never give up, if that is your goal and yeah. you are relentlessly willing to practice and hone yeah. your craft. That you um, can do it. So you can it, do it. it. it if it you proves, see the potential yeah. along the way. Yeah. It proves that it's possible. And hopefully the new organization doesn't limit it too much and make the sport too elite that none of these guys can get in. That because is, you wouldn't yeah. have the guys like the kid from Columbia racing if they make it to elite and then now he could be the next big name such yeah. a tough one because yeah. other sports it, it can be limited yeah because of funds because of certain yeah. things and our sport has been very inclusive yeah you can go buy a bike from a bike shop and you can go and practice and, and earn your points yeah get your skill level up and and then get the experience and, and you can become one of the best riders in the world you and your brother bernard kerr yeah Technically, me qualified seventy eighth at my first World Cup. Yeah. Now, if there was only sixty, I might not have qualified. Maybe I didn't believe it would yeah. be a thing. Yeah, it's a it's and, a and it's if a fine it was line. less, then you wouldn't even try it again. If it was thirty qualifiers, you'd be like, "Well, is there any point in me keep going at this?" Yeah, and we're going to speak yeah. to this at nauseum because yeah. there just is more depth now. Yeah. There's more. There are more bike parks. Yeah. There's easier access to. Um, good bikes now yeah so like the playing field has broadened mm-hmm. um you've got yeah ollie davis boom in the top 10 you're like n- you never used to see these no no so you've got i feel these like first year elites like bang, winning races but yeah. then you've also got greg Minar, yeah. like he still should be in the sport because he just got seven just yeah. got second the week before yeah and i feel like yeah that's that's one of the best parts of the stories of our races is that the guy that qualifies 50th or whatever can then go on and battle for a top 10. It's possible now. Like, yeah, that is yeah. a cool story. I yeah. like that part of the story. Yeah, I like it too. It's like everyone wants to root for the underdog and Benoit is that guy. Benoit has been yeah. that guy yeah. and now, now he's, he's not. not that guy <laughs> yeah. anymore. We need yeah. a new underdog. Who's our new underdog? Well, Ollie Davis could be one. 
because he keeps keeps delivering. Yeah. He certainly is our new underdog. He's yeah. one of them. Yeah. And uh, one for Munoz, the <laughs> Colombian guy. He he could be that as well. Like he to to roll out and put in the top fifteen. I think the last Colombian was Marcelo in twenty eighteen. So it's five years since yeah, Colombian was, was yeah, in the top yeah, fifteen. Exactly. Yeah. And he also took some time to build. Had yeah. support. Uh yeah, we um well we Scott put Gonzalo on the team and, and got him support, got yeah. him bikes, and, and his results have only improved because yeah. of it. And he was twice in the top. Well, he qualified ninth. Yeah. Yeah. So then now it you shows start to you believe. what that yeah. support. Yeah. And then pe- 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 people believing in you. Yeah. And then you being able to believe in yourself. Yeah. Makes a big difference. So, yeah. Yeah, it's wishful thinking. Let's hope that we can take our time if we are making it more elite or it's it's only 30 in the final or we're limiting riders being at the World Cup. I'm open to that. The tracks are getting beat. Yeah, yeah, of course. There are too many people. There's too many juniors. There was like 90. Yeah, yeah, 90 juniors, yeah. It wasn't about 89. Yeah. yeah. So that's a lot. I think we need to create a system uh, which takes years like the IXS or other ways to say you can race at a World Cup, but these are the exact steps that you need to take. And then we might pitch up at one of those races to spot talent, right? Yeah, it's how it works in other sports. Of course, but um, yeah, the UCI point system doesn't work either because then not currently. Yeah, you can be from whatever country. You've got heaps of points, so then you start with the good guys, just after Loic or so on in the qualifying round. When there's guys that are sitting in the top sixty in the World Cup overall, they're starting in like or or they're sixty one in the overall. They're starting like a hundred and seventieth. Yeah, on track. Yeah. yeah, so other sports, you would weight this World Cup so much more heavier yeah. than a national yeah. uh, championship than other things. So there's and it, and it happens in other sport. It, they, the people don't always like the world ranking. No. And they need to relook at it. And there's a system. Yeah, and you can weight a race on um, the amount of uh, top riders in theory that are there. Yeah. So if there's a lot of highly ranked world people there, then there's more points at offer. Then yeah. if you go to a national champs. There's not that many high-ranked world riders, yeah, yeah. so then the level of points you distribute is less. So are they, yeah, I think you need are, to do a calculation, at that. an yeah. average of how many points are starting, and then you yes. average that out on how many points you get. Yeah, they'd be yeah. way smaller people than us that can uh, do the Excel spreadsheet. Yeah, just bit of st- that, statistics. That would be one way to do it is to relook the world ranking system and yeah. then try build these other races up, which is a good thing as well. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can see there being like a, a very competitive second series that might take some of the shine off this one if if they do it really well. So, yeah, and like you yeah. must just properly earn your way into a World Cup, not yeah. just a loophole through a national championship. Yeah, or, or by a team. Yeah. Or by a team because yeah. elite teams can, um, for people to understand, the elite teams can have a certain number of people on their yeah. roster and because they're an elite team which yeah. costs money and there's other things you need to do, you can then enter yeah. certain riders. Yeah, you don't want it to become a buy-in sport like any of the motorsports where they buy a team and they can race. So you, that's not mountain biking. It's not the essence of our sport. And the best thing is the guy from Columbia can put his bike in the box, come here and race and have a crack. If he's good, maybe he's a professional the next year. And if if we got our way, he would maybe have to go to Europe to these qualifier races because yeah. you could technically have some qualifier races yeah that even a big name guy would have to go to like if yeah. you're good enough then you just have to go to a qualifier race yeah that's there's a realistic way to get in like yeah. you need a top 20 or whatever it's like okay well if i don't fall off 
yeah, you'd or be whatever good. it is. Yeah. Or at the end of the year, we do a qualifying school. So yeah. you have like two races, two or three races, maybe in one venue or yeah. somewhere where that, you know, that would be cool. Be like, okay, there's some World Cup uh, start cards available, yeah. 10. Yeah, like wild card starts. Wild card yeah, starts. Yeah. Um, and then this is the race series. It's so the top Q 10 in this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, surfing has that. They've yeah. Got, yeah. Okay, we could go on for hours of that <laughs> win, and uh, I know we want to get you out on the bike. Yeah. Are you doing Chattel Enduro? Uh, not doing Chattel. this week? No. I'm going home, but then I'm going to US Open before Snowshoe. Oh, yeah. awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, uh, win on the DH bike. What what happened? I mean, I don't want to put you on the spot too much, but I thought you looked cracking in practice. Like, yeah, I was. Mistakes I, I, is the feel, the speed just that crazy at the moment? I definitely have improved. I, I only really started riding properly, like back at Andorra. Really, I did a little bit of riding before. I'd done like five days on the bike, but I had a pretty bad fracture in my hand. So um, I definitely wasn't confident. This this weekend was finally time when I got a bit more confident. Yeah, you looked ag aggressive on track and you yeah. have to look like you're pushing forward yeah. and not letting the track ride you. Yeah. yeah, and I started to really start like creating speed from the track rather than just floating on top and not <laughs> getting any just speed. Just passaging your yeah. way down. Yeah, I felt like a passenger the previous two races and now I felt like I was riding. I was pretty, I was a second off the qualifying cut. But I've gone from seven seconds at Andorra to three seconds now one. So um, definitely snowshoe Monson and I should be pretty good. Uh, and, and then if it's wet, then I'll be even better. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it does even the playing field. It gives yeah. you more of a chance when it's dry and people are healthy and you're yeah. nursing. Yeah, it's never nice to nurse an injury. Well, we've got to thank Wynn for his time and what he does for the sport. It's, it's super awesome, awesome to see. Um, anything else before we maybe wrap it up? Uh, I know Sven butts in about 400 times, but I know you're not like that. Yeah, there was one more point. Um, Please. The two women had to do reruns on their qualifying run, Michaela Pardon and Frida Ronning. And they actually had to go straight back up the hill for a red flag. So they got red flagged in their run in qualifying. Straight back up. They get back up there. The UCI guy's like, nah, you'll start after the elite men. So they're there for like two hours at the top of the hill. 170 elite men go down and then the track's smoked. Then they have to do their qualifying. That uh, Frieda missed by two seconds and Michaela by one. But like I've never heard of anything like that being able to happen. You know, like it's totally unfair for them to have to try and race like that. And I don't think it would happen if it was a big name. Because normally they actually go up again and then yep. they delay the they elite delay start. The elite, unfortunately. Yep. Yeah, which is, is normal for was, racing, yeah. It, it is normal. I yeah. never really liked it, but back to what you're saying, but if you don't let that happen, then they're racing in different conditions and yeah. it was out of their control, there was a red flag. Yeah. So for anyone that hasn't been to a race, uh, I don't want to dumb it down too much, but if you're on track yeah. um, and then there's a red flag, everyone that's left the start gate, yeah. even if you are, has to do has a rerun. Has to do a rerun. Yeah. So uh, it's just part of our sport. It's it's to do with safety. But you want them to then be allowed to race under the same track conditions. Mm -hmm. And they definitely didn't if 170 men went I did down. see them at the top. Yeah. I was Bren's mechanic, in case you didn't know. Oh, I saw you at the top. <laughs> yeah, I saw you, yeah. Yeah, so I was playing trainer and, and mechanic to, to Bren, so that was pretty yeah. interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's a different atmosphere at the top of the hill. It certainly is. The top yeah. of the hill is a is a funny. It's I love being at the top of the hill now. Yeah, being on this side. Yeah, 
um, it is, yeah, it's eerie and not that nice. It's nerve-wracking when you're a rider. Yeah, for sure. But, um, yeah, hopefully that sort of situation can't happen again in the future because it's definitely not fair, and I don't think they would allow that to happen if it was, like, Valley or Nina that was doing the rerun. Yeah, yeah, it's a challenge, and it was kind of what happened with the lift and some of the yeah. riders had missed pra- – they got to the top, but they yeah. were allowed on from the bottom. So you have to make a call at the bottom mm-hmm. and then push – I would guess it's there's obviously a lot more yeah. uh, moving parts than we're aware of. Yeah. But you want to push the decision at the bottom, push it to the top without authority, and then at least yeah, yeah. they have the choice when to go up. Yeah. Say, sorry, this race, you're actually going at the end. Yeah. These are the reasons why. But if they knew before, now then they wouldn't the have been there for two hours yeah. at the top. Yeah. yeah, probably needed another lunch, yeah. energy bar, yeah, all yeah. that sort of stuff. So, yeah, there's definitely some kinks and, and yeah. racing is there's so many moving parts yeah never so got to be deba- um, adaptable yeah but hopefully we're learning from them but um well that was your crank brothers race review they are synonymous with downhill racing winning 13 years in a row with that mallet dh pedal i used the wheels <laughs> there we go um you're on the wheels yeah i've been on the wheels all year and um first year on them and loving it um the well, wheels are pretty pretty amazing uh the front wheels got a different carbon thickness so it's got more flex and you can really notice it so i actually noticed it the first time i rode it well there you go i was going to say that they're adding to their product offering getting riders in their shoes i love the shoes yeah i'm just going to put it out there best shoe um sometimes uh with a riding shoe that you have to make it stiff it's very tough to make sure that the sort of uh, ankle cup is cushiony and that sort of grabs on um, to your foot. This one's unbelievable. Le, Lucas Shaw, Troy Brosnan, Cami Belanche, the likes of them are all in those shoes. Just go check it out. And Wins helped me out. He's on the wheels. So mm-hmm. um, there you have it, guys. So go follow them along, follow Win along. And uh, yeah, I love getting the messages. I got quite a few funny ones after the Sven one. <laughs> so thanks very much for that. I really appreciate it. I think the one thing you can do, or maybe it's two, Make sure you hit the follow button on whatever audio device you are. And then we are going to hit the YouTube um, under Moving the Needle podcast pretty shortly here. Get you some cool content there if you like the visual component. And Instagram, I can throw up more stuff on there, Moving the Needle podcast. So yeah, peace out until the next one. During my racing years and even now, I take my health and nutrition pretty seriously, I must say. It was so difficult though to stick to a routine and to remember to take all those necessary supplements. Then I found AG1. I'm so excited to partner with them personally and for this podcast. I actually started taking AG1 long before this partnership even came about. Now you might ask, what is this stuff? Think of AG1 as your all-in-one health insurance. I know I do. I have never been one for taking a million different supplements or vitamins. So this is the perfect all-in-one solution. Honestly, I actually look forward to taking it. I do it first thing in the morning. I feel more alert and focused and I know I'm taking care of my body and health. I feel energized to get my day going. Covering my nutritional basis for the day literally couldn't be easier and that's why I trust AG1. I just mix one small scoop with water and drink it first thing each morning as I said and then I'm done. So check this out. With that one scoop of AG1 I've been talking about, you're absorbing, listen to this, 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced ingredients, probiotics and adaptogens to help start your day right. This is a special blend of ingredients that supports your gut health, nervous system, immune system, 
recovery and helps enhance your focus. It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, and none of that nasty chemical, artificial anything, all while still tasting good. Now let's all be honest with each other. We all know we don't eat enough vegetables or consume the healthiest meals some of the time, especially when we get busy. We all want something quick and easy which will help us in life. AG1 supports better sleep quality recovery, mental clarity and alertness. Now I don't care what you do in life, I think we can all agree this is super important. AG1 is trusted by so many professional athletes and health experts. If a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then try AG1 and get a free one year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com forward slash moving the needle, that's again drinkag1.com forward slash moving the needle to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. The link will be in the show notes as well.